Uh, he claims to be the property of an Obi-Wan Kenobi. Is he a relative of yours? Do you know who he's talking about? Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan. Now that's a name I've not heard in a long time. A long time. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Long Time Ago Radio, a conversational podcast about Star Wars and the official podcast of a StarWarsPodcast.com. I'm your host, Joshua Mobley, and I'm joined by my two favorite fans in the galaxy, Alex Vargas and Rebecca June Lane. How are you two doing? Hello. Doing Hello. well. It's warmer now in It New is York. warmer. It, it is was spring. pretty hot today, actually, here in the old Marin County, <laughs> land of Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Star Wars. Yeah, I was thinking about that uh, the other day because I we took we took little Ahsoka on a walk with our friend and their dog, and um, in the town right next to us, San Anselmo, there's a park that I guess Lucas paid for to get made. It's a really tiny park, but in it there's a fountain that has a that has a, 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 a two statues in it, and there's a Indiana Jones statue and a Yoda. Statue there. I need to check that and one we out. Wa- and we walked over there, and I thought, and I was thinking about that. I was like, man, you know, I never really thought about it because friends have told me, like, oh, yeah, this movie theater, like, over here was going to go out of business, but Lucas loved it as a kid, so he paid to keep it open or oh, whatever. Wow. And I'm like, you know, I never thought about how just ingrained, uh, like, Lucasfilm and, and, and Star Wars kind of is in this area. Like, is that in why the you roots live there? No, it's <laughs> it's not, but it's it's kind of weird uh, circumstance. Yeah. yeah, but um, yeah, that was that was just some random thing that went on. What what's up with you guys? What have you been up to? Same, still playing Galaxy of Heroes all the time. Yeah, I uh, spent twenty dollars because I'm impatient and I really wanted to get Thrawn and I need to level up my Phoenix Squad, but then I couldn't. You, like even if you do spend the money, it's not a guarantee. You still have to roll the dice. Yeah, that was so annoying to me. That's partially why I stopped. Cause yeah, you like you said on that other episode, when you pay, it's always like between twenty five and yeah. like two hundred, and it's always twenty five. It's never anything else. <laughs> but that's why I kind of like it, and I don't know why I have to keep relearning this lesson. It's that don't spend the money. Play the game. Ration your points. Spend them wisely. And, and you can go through the whole thing. I'm, I'm pretty high up now in terms of endgame content, and uh, I'm still really enjoying it. So I spend nice. way too much time on it. But that's pretty much the only Star Warsy stuff happening with me. Nice. What about, what you, about Alex? you, Alex? Uh, well, aside, you, you guys are playing that app, and I'm over here doing the Star Wars card trader. You know, spending uh, yeah. fake tokens on fake digital cards. But they I thought just you were going to stop that. I, I thought so, too, because for a while there wasn't. There was new content, but it just wasn't as exciting. And then they added all the new solo cards. Oh yeah. So I've been. Are the Denny's ones in there? Oh, I wish. I have a oh. funny story about the Denny's ones in a minute. But we should. Go ahead. We should Keep definitely going. talk about the Denny's thing because uh, aside from doing some troops with the five hundred first and prepping for Star Wars Day at Disneyland, which is next week, woo, woo, um, woo. we got to go uh, eat the Star Wars solo breakfast at Denny's, which was <laughs> that was, it was pretty fun. Uh, we tried. <laughs> oh no! What happened? What happened? We'll let you know. Well, you finish, and I'll, okay. I'll talk about it. Uh, we went for 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 the breakfast. Uh, me and my me and my wife both got I think something like the uh, the galactic pancakes or something. I don't I don't remember the the, the fancy name. 
but it was uh, normal pancakes with strawberries and a citrus glaze and then a little pack of pop rocks that you can put on top of your pancakes okay. so that way they pop in your mouth my wife could not do it she was just like no not not feeling it and i tried it and it was actually kind of fun like i i'll admit it was a it was a fun little themed breakfast because nice. pop rocks are pop Star rocks Wars? are space yes okay i don't know so i feel like someone went in the kitchen was like what do we have a lot of? And like, <laughs> a, whole a, lot lot of, of a whole lot of pop rocks. No one likes them. <laughs> and uh, citrus glaze. All right, put them on pancakes. But uh, I mean, it, it was it was fun. We sat there, and you see all the solo stuff everywhere. They have the special cups, gift cards. I bought a little pack of uh, trading cards, which uh, you get three cards. Or I'm sorry, you get two cards plus a coupon for uh, Star Wars Authentics. I think like ten percent off an order, plus uh, a dollar off something from Denny's too. Is this still going on? It is. Uh, it should be going on through at least June. Oh, okay. So if you have some time, go get a special Star Wars milkshake or the pancakes. They have a galactic burger thing. So, I mean, again, they're they're just little kitschy meals, but it's kind of nice for you to sit there and look at a menu that has Chewbacca staring at you. And the solo art, from what I've, is just so cool. All of the yes, promotional it art is. Yeah. is so cool. So they stylized. keep releasing more. I feel like every other day. Like oh, new, new posters and new everything. New poster or yeah. something, yeah. I will say, I didn't see the second trailer. What? Um, Are you going to watch it? Nah. It's good. It I is know good. It's good. It is good. It's the best trailer so see, far. And, and I've skipped all the TV spots. Yeah. Oh, I watched I watched one of them. I haven't seen them. I'm, 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 I'm going with the two trailers. I'll they wait. actually don't have much new in them. There is one thing that at the that actually like really made me laugh. Uh but I won't say what it is. But the, it's in the TV spot. It's at the end of the TV spot. But it's it's like a joke, and it, it, I thought it was hilarious. But well, I just saw that a lot of people loved the trailer, and for me, I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> I don't know. I'm scared that the moments that I love in the trailer will be the best moments in the movie, and you know what I'm saying? So I There's, just want to, at yeah, this point. That makes sense. But, right. You know. I mean, if it was, like, on, like, if I went to the movie theaters and it came up, I would definitely watch it. I wouldn't, like, <laughs> stick my fingers at my ears and go, la, 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 la. Yeah, no. Like, ruin it for everyone else. <laughs> You're yeah. going to see it in front of Avengers. Like, that's that's just going to happen. True. Yeah, but, I yeah, so, I yeah. just figured it would come to me when, when it was, right. It was right. the right time. When the time was right. Mm-hmm. And I know this is a Star Wars podcast, but is anyone else excited for Infinity War? I'm very excited. Because I am super hyped. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love I'm Marvel. very excited. God. I, I'm excited for the payoff, you know, and mm-hmm. then I'm just excited that uh, I just like going to the movies. You I know, like so looking often, at Chris so. Evans. <laughs> yeah, so does my wife. I you love know. him. I, I, I totally get it. I, I did not think I was going to be such a Captain get, America fan. I get it, too, that beard. Yeah, the beard is it looks great. Good. I don't know. I've always been team uh, Tony Stark, though. Meh. Well, that's the thing. I'm kind of Team Tony in terms of the actual Civil War, but yeah. <laughs> I'm Team Captain America because of Chris Evans. And everyone should follow his Twitter because him and his dog. Oh, oh and yeah. he also posted some really sweet, like, behind-the-scenes um, training videos from uh, Winter Soldier. So you Ooh. guys should go check that out. Yeah. I have to go do that. What about your Star Wars life, Josh? Um, I am still slowly but surely trying to finish the Star Wars. Uh, I read one more issue and I was just like, God, man. If you Is hate it? it so much, stop doing it. I don't hate it. That's the thing. <laughs> I don't hate it. I find it fascinating. It's just not good. You know, like, mm. it's just kind of, oh, man. The art is fantastic. I will say that. The art is something else. But 
It's just, you know, it really is that old cheesy thing that I like in theory, but don't actually like in practice, you know? Is it um, a, an eight issue series or how it wasn't that yeah, long, God, right? It, yeah, it is something like eight issues or yeah. something. Um, I think I'm halfway done or something, I, but it's funny how much of, uh, what Star Wars is now is still in there. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, although R2-D2 speaks in full sentences in the book, he doesn't just go beep, up boop. Like he and C-3PO are like a bickering couple. They're like, you get out of here. I'm going to go this way in the desert. Like, I hope you die. You know, like oh, that, <laughs> that kind of thing. I don't remember if they actually say that, but, um, and then, uh, I think Padme and Leia, like Leia are not related and they exist at like the same time or something like that. It's weird. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting through it, but it's, it is what it is. And then uh, I started the new book that just came out this week, last week, Um, the the last shot. Oh, the Solo book, right? Yeah, the Han Solo Lando book. It's very cool. It's it's pretty fun. It is. um, It takes place in multiple timelines, which sounds weird, but every other chapter uh, sort of jumps around. Where uh, so the main plot line is sequel trilogy era. So like Ben is in it, and he's like two years old. Oh, okay. It's like Han is kind of just unemployed, <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, you know Leia's doing Leia stuff, um, but uh, and then Lando's being Lando, you know, so, being like all suave and all that. So bit. are Han and Leia never like cozying up and like living in a regular home? They are. Okay. Then in this, they live in like a super fancy apartment. So is Han just on the couch, like watching TV, drinking beer? No, he's just taking care of Ben. Oh, oh good. Yeah. Well, um, it didn't work out so I mean, well, it so. still didn't work out, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, it's 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 interesting because their relationship in the book is, like, fine. It seems like, oh, it's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you're like, but in the back of your mind, you're like, this isn't going to work. <laughs> uh, but it's cool because it'll, like, the, the one chapter will be Han and Lando in the present talking about something and then the next chapter is like this random story about when han and sauna and chewbacca got in a fight with a bunch of people in a hangar because sauna stole sauna stole one of their speeders or something and crashed it on accident or you know like and then it goes back to the norm you know the regular thing but um it's pretty cool i need to give it some more time because i don't like the main plot has not sort of surfaced yet it's Mm -hmm. just kind of adventures yeah, it's just like random kind of stuff right now. Since we're talking about books, do you mind if I plug a really cool offer that just came up today? Sure. Go for it. So uh, you know how in 2017 we had the Thrawn novel, and then how I believe this year we're getting uh, the new book Thrawn Alliances. If you, this is from uh, Del Rey, they put this out today. If you uh, pre-order Thrawn Alliances anywhere and you send them the receipt, they will send you a paperback version of 2017's Thrawn novel as well as a book plate signed by Timothy Zahn. So if you're super behind like me and haven't purchased the original Thrawn book, you can get it for free pre-ordering this plus a signature plate to find your new book. That's a pretty good deal. Take a look at their Twitter. It gives the information. But, I mean, it's it's hard to pass up on this if you're if you like books. It's pretty cool. Yeah. 
All right. Um, well, I guess that wraps up a lot of that. So before we get into our main topic, uh, welcome. Well, not welcome. You're li- <laughs> <laughs> welcome to. I have a headache. It's it's it's. I'm waiting for it to go away. Uh, once again, folks, you're listening to Long Time Ago Radio. Uh, whether you're from the class of 77 or Ro- not Rogue One, Last Jedi was your first Star Wars film, you're welcome here. And now on to the rest of the show. Your father wanted you to have this when you were old enough, but your uncle wouldn't allow it. He feared you might follow old Obi-Wan on some damn fool idealistic crusade like your father did. All right, so uh, for this episode, we're going to do something that we've actually been talking about doing for a while now, um, and it's something that we're going to be calling character studies. And the idea behind character studies is we're going to pick a a very specific character in the Star Wars universe, talk about them in depth, like some super lore stuff, but we're also going to compare their canon representation to their legends representation. And uh, I, I think this should be a lot of fun. For our first one, we're going to be talking about Obi-Wan. The old, the old Obi-Wan Kenobi. We're going to talk about uh, his, his, like, all his relationships, his history, what's different between him and legends. And uh, we'll, we'll go from there. Some opinions and maybe some theories on Obi-Wan as well. Um, one thing I will say is that in canon... It might. It's weird for me to say there's not a lot because there actually still is a lot. Like we have, he's in literally every movie, uh, except the two you know latest ones. And his uh, voice is in uh, Force Awakens. His voice is all in Force Awakens if you count that. He's in. He's like one of the main characters in the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. He shows up in Rebels. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is one of the main characters in Dark Disciple, which is a new canon novel even though he's not one like one of the main main characters he shows up quite a bit mm-hmm. and um yeah and and that's it that sounds like oh that's not a lot but that's a ton of content what uh whereas in legends he appeared in pretty much all that except for the rebels and dark disciple because those are new but he also had like comics and he had his own books and there's a whole bunch of backstory that just doesn't exist for this character anymore in Legends, which I find super interesting. Um, yeah, his uh, we as far as canon pre um, Jedi days go, there really isn't any. Um, it is both canon and it started at Legends, but it is official canon that he came from the homeworld of Stu John which was a joke that Lucas made while being interviewed by Jon Stewart, who asked, where is Obi-Wan from? But it's remained the name of his home world, and they even have a uh, Star Wars Adventures comic that alludes to that planet as well. So I thought that was oh, kind so of... Oh, so the, the, the planet's still there. It's still planet's there. still there. None okay. of his other childhood stuff is still there, but... Uh, gotcha. Stu John is still the official home world of Obi-Wan. <laughs> That's such a weird name. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Do you want to go into his early life in Legends, or do you want to just do all of canon first? Um, let's talk about canon first. So, cool. like you said, there's the Star Wars Adventures comic that sort of talks about the planet. He's from Stu John, and 
But they do they only mention it? They don't like. Yeah, show it's it through anything. a different character. It's not even about Obi Wan. Yeah. Um, so a lot of that stuff that was in Legends, like all that Obi Wan growing up kind of thing, uh, not doesn't really exist much anymore. Um, so the earliest we've seen of him at all is pretty much Episode One when he's still a Padawan. Yeah, and he doesn't have a lot of good character moments. He's he, you see the shades of who uh, Obi-Wan is. He has a sense of humor. He's making little one-liners. Um, he's a little insolent. Um, yeah. But he doesn't have a ton to do until the end of that episode. Um, obviously, the famous fight with Darth Maul and Qui-Gon Jinn, Duel yeah. of Fates. And, um, I saw a thing on his Wikipedia that he was the first one to kill a Sith Lord in like yeah. hundreds of years or something like that. Because there wasn't any Sith. So, yeah, he's yeah. the first one to successfully kill a Sith Lord in who knows how long. But obviously that moment had a huge effect on him watching his <laughs> master die. Um, but sorry, sorry for laughing. I could just imagine he goes back to the temple and they put a little plaque on the wall. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. It's just like a little picture, like, sweet. Jedi This of is the, the Kenobi meeting room. <laughs> it's a little Jedi of the month plaque. And it says, for you know reason for for killing a sith lord the only one in about 700 years (laughs) and then you know it's you know he's got his picture on the wall that's funny but we don't i think the the most important thing that happens at the end of that movie is that we see that he's not entirely ready or they don't think that he is entirely ready the jedi council to raise any jedi to have any padawan let alone a very difficult padawan um but Qui-Gon's words carry weight and he does end up training Anakin Um, and there is one thing that takes place between episode one and two correct there is a Star Wars comic Star Wars Obi-Wan and Anakin yes Um, has anybody read this I read most of it Uh, it's really weird (laughs) weird how it's canon Uh, correct it is canon. Um, it's just that it's like not really even about them. It's it's like them crashing on this snow planet where there's these two tribes of people at war, and that's that's it. That's the that's the story. There are some cool moments where it shows, like Senator Palpatine hanging out in the Jedi Temple, and he sees Anakin training, and he's like, "Oh, he's impressive," or whatever. And you know, it's like, "Oh, it's foreboding." But that's that's about as as good as that book gets. It's it's a little strange. Okay. Um, I wasn't a big fan of it. Sorry if there's any any fans of it out there. I wasn't a big fan of it. <laughs> I, I'm, but yes, I, I'm, that exists. Yes, it exists. If anybody really wants to go full deep into their relationship and to all the Obi Wan content, um, but then episode two i would argue they're also even though he is pretty much the main character of episode two he's running around uncovering a plot but i don't think we get at any character he's definitely one of the main characters i don't think anything that important to his character takes place in that film besides just really a little bit of recognition of him and anakin not seeing eye to eye and anakin being a little um you know difficult i did yeah you can say though that from the difference between episode one and episode two, he's matured. Oh sure. Like the Obi Wan Kenobi you see in Attack of the Clones is pretty much the Obi Wan Kenobi we see through the rest of the series of films. And and he's got that great beard. He's got yeah. the great beard. His little rat tail's gone. 
He's doing that thing when whenever he's like really intensely fighting, his hair kind of falls in his face. And yeah. Like, yes. <laughs> in the rain. Yeah. yeah. He does fight Django Fett in the rain. That is the thing that he happens. He also gets his plaque for fighting a Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> Too. I mean, this guy's just knocking them all I out. I got the Kenobi meeting room and the Kenobi dining hall. Well, you see, Mace, you know, Mace Windu knocked him off the wall because he killed a Mandalorian. So. What? Mace Windu. What about who did Mace Windu kill? Think about it. I am. Whose thinking head about does it. he cut off? Oh yeah, I guess yeah. he does kill Django. He does kill Django. So he didn't. He didn't have. Yeah, he, uh, poor Mace. He didn't have any time to get his meeting room plaque. No. <laughs> yeah, right. Because everyone was was dead. Everyone right? was dead by that point. Um. No so wonder share this meeting room with. <laughs> So the main meat, like most things in, in Star Wars, the main meat of the lore, of canon lore, can be found in the Clone Wars animated series. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. There is so much good, and I've dedicated the past couple days to kind of going through all of his main uh, episodes. And I can post on our Twitter, and, and you can post it on Facebook, kind of my ultimate viewer's guide to mm-hmm. the best of Obi-Wan. Um, but I will say... He has one of my favorite moments of season one. I think one of the only really good, like, really good sequences of uh, season one is the the battle for Ryloth, that series of episodes. Um, in episode 20, uh, he has this... Oh, yeah, that did happen, huh? Mm-hmm. He has this moment where you really kind of see Obi-Wan of who he's going to be in the series. He's, like, tactically brilliant. He's very calm. He's kind. He's very funny. Um, and he's super hot. Like, <laughs> there's a moment where they're all being attacked by you, these... Ewan McGregor is a good-looking dude. He is a good-looking dude. And um, let's get his name right. Who does his voice? James um, Arnold Taylor. James Arnold Taylor does an excellent job with him. And James Arnold Taylor is, like, one of the most used of the Star Wars voices. He's mm-hmm. done Battlefront. He's done... He'd come back to do the Rebels episode. Uh, he does... Yeah, he is also Plo Koon, I think. Is yes. He? Yeah. Anyway, this moment, he kind of, you know, uses his Jedi Force abilities to trick all these beasts, a beast we might mention later, um, to stop attacking the clone troopers. And it's just one of the first moments in the series that feels very heavy and mystical and magical. Um, And it's when I start to make the argument that I think Obi-Wan's the best Jedi that we see in this series. He's a great example of one. Never strays, even though he could have. Which we'll talk about in a bit. I was going to say, speaking of which, the next main kind of Obi-Wan-centric episodes are the first Mandalore-Satine trio of episodes, mm-hmm. um, where we learn a lot about his love life. That's or- uh, the that's the one where he goes there, and they're like bickering, and then there's the Darksaber and all that, right? Yes. Those? Yeah. Yes. It's There's a terrorist plot. They're first dealing with the Death Watch, and... Um, it's very violent, intense, but they're bickering a lot. You see their, you see their dynamic, how she challenges him, and um, you learn about their history, how they were, him and Qui-Gon years ago were helping the Mandalorians, and they were all running away, and they were, you know, the two of them got all snugly, and he alludes at the end of this that he regrets leaving her, um, but he's obviously confident with his choice once he's made it but 
I think if Obi Wan right. could live his life over again, I think he would have chosen to stay with Satine. Um, and how differently would things have been if Obi Wan had just yeah. been another Mandalorian guy? I mean, he wouldn't have trained trained Anakin. Well, maybe someone no. better equipped would have done that. Or no one at all. Oh. <laughs> or no one at all. But speaking of these scenes, I think it's really nice because you watch uh, Attack of the Clones and you have Obi Wan telling Anakin to be mindful of his feelings. And yep. if you just watch it by itself, you know it's you know just another Jedi telling him, you know, we have these rules, but it's actually personal for him. Absolutely. So this this these tools, these, these tips he's telling Anakin, it's not just you know, be careful because this is what we're teaching you. It's be careful because I know from personal experience how attachments can affect you. And it's great in these episodes to watch Anakin as he's figuring out the history between Satine and Obi-Wan because mm-hmm. he's loving it. He's like cracking up and being like, oh, what now? Um, but yeah, it's a really good insight into who Obi-Wan is outside of the regulations of the Jedi Order because, yeah, that's the only time he really, you see any any doubt. Um, yeah. I, actually, I don't know. I think he has some doubt when it comes to dealing with Anakin, but... Um, yeah, that's a very important arc for his character. Um, and then I watched a four-episode arc from season four um, where he goes undercover as a bounty hunter. Do you oh, guys I love that, that one, yeah. Yeah, a really cool couple of episodes. Um, that's where everyone thinks he's dead, right? Because uh-huh. yeah. changes his appearance, yeah. They make the stupid decision to not tell Anakin that they're faking Obi-Wan's death, which leads to a confrontation at the end of this arc between Anakin and Obi-Wan, which is really intense. Um, but just real quick, during Obi-Wan's undercover time, he, he puts on the face of a bounty hunter. He goes undercover in jail, and, and he goes full bore. He stabs some shark guy's hand to make him look really hard. And um, Oh, and then I had a question, sidetrack. Because mm-hmm. uh, Boba Fett's in jail, and Bosk is there. Did they like meet in jail, or is, do they go farther back than that? I forget. Boba Fett and Bosk? Yeah, Bosk is in the jail being like, if you're messing with Boba, unless wasn't, it's a, no, another think, no, I'm pretty one sure of Bosk. his kind. Wasn't Bosk and, uh, what's her name, the one with the antenna in her head, weren't they kind of the ones that taught? You know what I'm talking about? Hold was on, she? Yeah. Was he with her? Because I remember her. I think she was. I think it was, because the original ones that you see from, from like, the, the classic bounty hunters, you see Bosk and you see Dengar. And then you have, uh, oh my god, it's going to bug me. Hold on. IG-88? Uh, no, you don't see IG-88. You see one of his off, one of the off, like the side IG droids, but it's not, I don't think it's called out as IG-88. Mm-hmm. Um, hold on, what's her name? Aura Singh, A-U-R-R-A-S-I-N-G. And Bosk was with her as Bosk, well? Yeah, so some of the early episodes, you see uh, Aura, you see Bosk, they're in Slave 1. At one gotcha. point, they uh, see Dengar, and they kind of mention it real quick. Um, gotcha. But these were the guys that kind of influenced and, and took Boba under their wing. Well, we should definitely do a bounty hunter pod. I oh, think for sure. A yes. good idea. But going back to the Obi-Wan, so yeah, he's hanging out in jail if you want a cool, like, Obi-Wan, oh, there's a great moment where he's like, I'm kind of having fun playing the bad guy. And he really does. It's a cool series of episodes. Um, but you also see Anakin going really dark because he thinks Obi-Wan is dead. I Again, I don't know why they did not tell Anakin. It's a terrible idea. Um, but yeah, like you see a really dark part of Clone Wars and it's a reminder of how dark the series was compared to Rebels. There's bar fights and torture. It was uh, TV-14. 
I believe. It's right? PG on Netflix. Um, not PG-13, but I don't know if they have PG-13 on Netflix. But yeah, no, there's like point-blank murder yeah. and like... It's really... definitely not Y7, that's for sure. No, no, no. no. Is it, um, is it, what is it? Okay, we're going to fuck up TV ratings, but go on. So it's episodes, uh, season four, 15 <laughs> through 18, if you're curious. And, and it does um, have some amazing Obi-Wan moments, some really great battles. He's showing off quite a bit, especially in the box episode, which is kind of like a huge training exercise that Count Dooku does for uh, to try and narrow down um, some of the bounty hunters. But the end, there's a confrontation with Anakin, who, who just yells at Obi-Wan being like, you lied to me. How many lies has the council told me? How do you know you know the truth? And you just... And, and Sidious really plays up this moment. Um, and you could see it really starting to break the two apart. And you see Obi-Wan feel guilt and a lot of different things during this thing. So that's a good um, that's a good arc for him. And then the last one that I watched for the purposes of this was the Maul episodes. Um, and there's really four to watch. And that's including the Rebels episode that feature Obi-Wan and... There's, it's just, I mean, the mall episodes at the, in the season five, season four to five of Clone Wars are fantastic. Yes, they are. So good. So good. Um, mall is phenomenal. Um, and, you know, as soon as Obi-Wan sees him, it's, it's an interesting story because clearly Maul has been dedicating so much time and obsessing over Obi-Wan. And I don't think Obi-Wan's given Maul very much thought. Um, not in term. He's probably thought a lot about Qui-Gon Jinn's death, but he assumed Maul was dead. Um, and so it's very personal for him. Um, Palpatine tells him it's too personal. He doesn't task uh, the Jedi Council with, you know, helping Mandalore when, when Maul's there. He goes on his, on his own, rogue, um, saying that, you know, Yoda even tells him, finish what you started, you must. Um, but he has some great lines. He just is immediately joking. I, I, I kind of question people who found um oscar isaac's character sorry poe's humor at the beginning of last jedi a little funny because obi-wan's making the jokes right out the gate um he goes when i cut you in half i should aim for your neck which is really hardcore he goes i like your new legs they make you look taller yeah <laughs> um, and uh there's a really cool fight when asajj is helping him out right um when they first meet up and it's very similar to the ray and kylo fight and I'm curious if there was any, like, moves that were borrowed for Last Jedi because they kind of have the same setup there. Um, Interesting. But Maul taunts Obi-Wan very openly, saying, like, your master died, I killed him. Like, and, and, and you could see Obi-Wan go full-on rage. He's just, like, really angry. His hair's falling in his face all sexy, like I talked about. Mm. And he's just super angry. Um and there's a there's a good fight in the next episode, Revival, which has great battles, where they're he's fighting with Maul and he gestures with his hand the same way that Maul does when they're fighting in Phantom Menace. There's just so many little jokes they have for each other. Um, and the end of Revival has one of the best lightsaber fights. Um, it's Obi-Wan against uh, Savage and, uh, and, and Maul, and it's just fantastic. Um, but obviously, if you guys remember Clone Wars, listeners, you know how this storyline ends very tragically. Um, not, I mean, we could spoil that, correct? It's or been no? out for long enough. It's been so long. Yes, yes, yes. So Maul takes his ultimate revenge by killing Satine right in front of Obi-Wan. And um, 
it's very sad. Um, quick shout out though at the beginning of that episode when Obi-Wan goes to Mandalore he's wearing his bounty hunter uh, outfit from the season before which I only caught because I watched these things back to back oh I never would have yeah I never would have caught that right because it was like a season and apart um, but yeah and then at Sadine, Satine's dying words to him I loved you I always will very sad um, <laughs> I loved you but now yeah no longer because the reality it is the reality is if he hasn't if he doesn't go in that moment she might not die she was in prison he helped her escape maul caught them both he didn't know maul was there of course um but him defying the jedi order and going out on this personal mission um which yoda even said this is a personal matter of yours um he ends up getting her killed so you know he he goes through a very similar thing that would, uh, would she have gotten killed anyway like if probably. He ultimately she probably would have been dead she was a prisoner before you know he showed up but at the very least he wouldn't have given maul the satisfaction yeah i think her death would have been different you know there's it's one thing to find out that she she's she's killed in the grand scheme of this whole war that's going on it's another thing to see the guy that you thought the guy that killed your master that, that you thought you killed come back and kill her right in front of you Right. Like, there's just so much more of a connection in, in that moment. Like, right. how does he even come back from that? I, I didn't keep watching. Does the next episode address his sadness at all? Or do we remember? I don't know if they ever really get back to that. Because the show got canceled after that. And then, and <laughs> yeah. then revived. Yeah. So, I don't know I that would, we ever really got closure. Uh, I would wonder if... Yeah, I would like to hear some some reminiscing by him about that i would assume he got over it a little i mean you never really get over something like that but i i feel like he got maybe more focused on his jedi work well you have to keep in mind too after all this happens you have you know the sith rising and the end of the clone war so i think there was enough to distract him at that moment i mean you're you're looking yeah she dies but all of a sudden this boy you've been training that was a brother to you turns against you so i think he was distracted enough you also yeah. have all of the events of Dark Disciple yes, happening yeah. in that time too. And that's, so. That gets kind of deep into the whole like, what does what does it mean to be a Jedi? You know, what are, yeah. what actions can they take and should they take? Well, why don't right. you talk a little bit about Dark Disciple? I have not read this book. I so, honestly did not know he was in this book he, until today. Yes, he. Uh, the, a lot of the Jedi Councils also in the book. Um, the book mainly focuses on Asajj Ventress and um, Quinlan Vos. Quinlan Voss, thank you. I was like, what is that guy's name? Because uh, he's only in one episode of Clone Wars, I think, right? He's in like one episode. And then he's in Phantom Menace randomly in the background. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, and uh, their whole thing. But the idea is that Quinlan is sort of like a secret agent slash assassin, quote unquote, for the Jedi. Um, and they t- And the council tasks him with going to going to Asajj Ventress and coming up with a plan to assassinate Count Dooku to end the Clone Wars. And, like, throughout the book, while all this is going on, Obi-Wan has a lot of uh, trepidation about the idea of assassinating someone because, you know, we're supposed to be Jedi. So there's a lot of, like, one of my favorite scenes in the book is Yoda meditating in this, what they describe as this room filled with, like, crystal... um, there's like a crystal fountain 
and like they describe all the sounds as being like uh wind chimes sort of um and they both have this like super buddhist monk like philosophical conversation in this room filled with crystals i don't know because i'm a i'm a weirdo i like that i like that scene a lot but uh yeah there is this there is this sense that obi-wan feels that this whole thing is wrong and they shouldn't be doing it and i feel like that shows a lot about his character he's a very like by the book um person if that makes sense yeah i i just want to say this one line he said to maul he said because he's like maul's like you don't know the power of the dark side and he's like you know you'll never understand it and he's like but the power to resist it that's something you'll never understand and i think he does take a he's someone who really buys in to what the jedi are doing and yeah. how they use their force for good and i and i hadn't really thought about it that way the idea that you know the counter argument to the power of the dark side is the power to resist that power yeah but so that's in dark disciple do we learn anything about Obi-Wan? I don't know that we necessarily learn anything new about him. I just think it shows an interesting aspect of his character. You kind of start to see a little bit of the fracturing of the Jedi the, the, the Jedi too. Council. Like The reason that the, the, they want to assassinate Dooku is because they want to figure out a way to quickly end the war. And they figure if we can kill him off, this whole thing can be done. But that's not, you know, that's not the Jedi way. Is that really bringing him to justice in the right way? You know, does that show the galaxy that the Jedi, you know, who, of, you know what they really stand for? So it's 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 a fun read. I really enjoyed it. It's and one of the best books. But again, it's one of those books that I think it honestly is the only book in new canon that you have to have really done some homework to even read. Like you have to have literally watched all of Clone Wars. Well, it was originally, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, it was originally a plot line for Clone Wars that they never it got. It was a, chance. a season seven right? plot line, yeah. yeah. Or it was gonna be like a season six, seven plot, like a three episode arc and then that never got made. So they ended it. up making it into a book. Well they take I mean obviously that leads right into where episode three starts off where when Anakin does kill Dooku it's clearly something Obi-Wan would not have done. And, uh, you know, that obviously, you know, for the essential Obi-Wan viewing guide, episode three is necessary. Um, <laughs> you see the riff. First of all, it starts with a, a respect between Anakin and Obi-Wan that wasn't there in episode two. Um, and a brotherly love that is bad, <laughs> you know. Um, in fact, there's a deleted scene, and I'm curious what you guys think about whether or not this is canon. Um, when Obi-Wan tells Padme pretty much that he's known that they were together, but he let them do it because it made him happy. Um, any hmm. any thoughts on that? Canon-wise, it, if it was within a deleted scene and not in the book or the movie, I don't think technically that's canon, but it it, it explains but it, a little bit. It does explain. Does it? But does, doesn't it kind of ruin the scene later when he goes, it, Anakin's the father, isn't it? And it kind of like, does. I'm so sorry. It, it does no, a bit, but at the knows. same time. I don't I, know. Yeah, but then why would he. But my thing is, why would he look so shocked about that, right? I think what. I think, I think yeah, I kind of. Who else was going to impregnate Padme? Jar Jar. <laughs> I mean. Oh, oh gosh. gosh. Hey, come on now. Miss Luke Skywalker. Oh, no. No, no, no. No, no. No, no. Regardless, there was clearly a... uh, Obi-Wan knew there was at least a deep friendship between the two that he allowed to to happen. Um, Right. 
But then he also got way too close to to Anakin as he's yelling at him as he's being eaten by the lava, like you were my brother. Um, I loved which, you. I loved you. Yeah. So which <laughs> he is he loves him I, to the point to where he's not willing to cause the death blow, but he's willing to watch him burn. So this brings up a good question. <laughs> um, obviously, he's arguably worse. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's there's frustration in that moment too. He could be so you know, enraged by this situation that that's just what his, his, what he chooses to do. That may be, yeah, I loved you as a brother. I loved you, Anakin. But at this point, this may be what you deserve. Mm-hmm. Well, it's an interesting contrast to look at that scene and then Anakin and Kylo's scene because it's the same idea of a failed master confronting their turned Padawan. Yeah. And... You know, Obi-Wan can't believe it. He's so angry. He's so hurt. He's so betrayed. And obviously Luke was too and needed a good long while to get to that level of peace he had at the end of Last Jedi. Um, But I I really liked how Last Jedi touched on something that we have talked about before, before the movie came out, which is this level of responsibility for what happened to to Anakin Mm -hmm. and how that does fall uh, quite a bit on Obi-Wan's shoulders. and I think a lot of his rage and sadness in that moment it has to do with a disappointment in himself as well. Um, but do he walks away from that moment thinking Anakin is dead, correct? Um, that's the thing. There, there. Apparently, there was a there. This has been like the biggest Star Wars plot hole that everyone brings up. Like, how did he know? Plot hole. I hate that word. Well, it's open a, question. Yes. No, because the idea is that yeah, he would have considered him dead, but then on Tatooine later on, he he knows that that sure. he is Darth Vader. So well, that the, that's the question. But yeah, the question is how does he though. know? In Legends, apparently, I, he had found out some way. Currently, there's not an answer, um, right now. Well, I mean, I, I I would consider that a hole as much as it is a, a, a question, and that's the question I wrote down. Like, when does he know that Anakin is still alive? I, I'm curious if the, the the fact that Anakin had turned so dark, it meant that, you know, Obi-Wan couldn't really feel whether he was out well, there or not. I don't know how that works. Real, real quick, wait a second. Let's, let's go back a, a, a quick moment, because we're talking about we don't know at what point Obi-Wan knows that Anakin has turned to Vader, correct? If we go sure. to if we go to the scene uh, in Rebels where you have Darth Maul uh, and he's asking you know about the Chosen One and all this stuff, yeah, uh, so, I was gonna bring that up. <laughs> so Obi Wan makes a point to say that the Chosen One was Luke Skywalker. Well, yes. he doesn't. Say, he doesn't say. He alludes to that fact. Yes. Yes. So he at does. this point, he knows that Anakin has gone so far into the dark side. So is it oh. at this point that he knows he's turned into Vader already now? Or is he just like, well, he died, so there's no way he could be the chosen one? I think either. Um, and the way I, I see think... it, I think, yeah, I think it, to me it's he knows he's gone so far that he's become Vader. Like, I don't think there's any way that Obi-Wan couldn't have felt it in the Force. Absolutely. And I also, and just also like, you know, the chit-chat around town. It's not like Vader is a, you know, inconspicuous figure. Like, I'm sure the idea of this huge evil dude walking around with Palpatine got around. Well, and they talk about it too. I forgot in which which books, but they talk about how all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Palpatine has Darth Vader that comes out of nowhere, um, 
and there's always this question of where Anakin had gone during, you know, Order, right. order 66. I mean, I there, that, there is... Marked as, isn't he marked as dead? He's marked as dead, like, but, I mean, come on. All of a sudden, Palpatine like, gets this new guy who's super powerful. Why aren't powerful Anakin and, and no one Darth Vader ever the in the same room? Yeah. Like, there's yeah. so many Jedi. You there know what there I mean? are, but it's like, as if you're Obi-Wan Kenobi and you see the... You know how you see this guy. He sees him being. Yeah. Oh wait a second. He sees him being christened Darth Vader. He right. sees the christening, so he knows Anakin has become Darth Vader. Later on, you see on the you know Holonet news that there's a big robot dude named Darth Vader. I think it's pretty easy to connect the dots. I think in my mind, I think he knows as soon as he gets back on the ship with uh, Yoda. <laughs> like, oh, I think they tell him. Oh shoot! I've got to I kill him. I think they know. Guys, guys, Yoda, Whoops. I forgot. You know what? I'm sorry. I left him there. I didn't. I didn't check it. I didn't kill him. Yeah, he should have really failed, finished failed that. You have. Failed. You have. Three more movies well, we will have. So let's real quick just touch on that last moment we said um, in Rebels before the original trilogy. Uh, he, we see him um, in the episode Twin Sons, season three, episode twenty, and a large part of it is about Ezra, but it's also a beautiful end to his story with with Darth Maul. Um, and not a lot is said. A couple phrases are exchanged about the nature of the Force, the same way they exchange phrases on Mandalore. Um, but yeah, um, you know, Maul wants him to know. It's wants to know if it's the Chosen One. Which do we know why Maul has the knowledge of the prophecy of the Chosen One? I think it's from the holocrons. It could also uh. be a shared prophecy between the Sith and the Jedi. Bringing balance to the Force isn't necessarily yeah. a Jedi ideal. It's, I mean, there's two sides to every coin. So my guess is the Sith also knew so, about this idea. <clears throat> so in, in the term, like, he will avenge us, do you think it's specific avenging against Palpatine? I, I think it's avenging everything that they've lost because of Palpatine's doing. Because of yeah, everything. so they have a common enemy there. Yeah. I mean, they do, they do in a sense, yeah. That's an interesting way of putting it. I never thought of it that way. Um, the whole chosen one thing is so f- is is interesting to me. I have a I have a very uh, that's uh, a whole episode there. That's yeah, a whole I mean, if you me if Josh. you want to actually hear my <laughs> argument, the uh, copyright claim on my part two of lightsabers went up, and I dis- I talk about that whole thing. Oh, there you go. Um, in there, I don't know if Alex would agree with me, but <laughs> <laughs> I the way I see it, the. The person I think I present a compelling argument, oh, but the, it's fine. The only argument you need to know is that the man who created Star Wars, the oh, creator boy. himself, the maker, the maker, as it were, the Lord of the Wars, said that Anakin Skywalker was the chosen one. Now, okay. there's different ways to look at the uh, the prophecy. It could be a short. Prophecy. He was the chosen one from a certain point of view. He was the chosen one from a certain point of view, and the prophecy did, when they mean balance of the force. I don't think they necessarily have to mean for all eternity. It could be right. he was the one to bring balance to the force during this time of turmoil. I mean, there's so much history that he could he could touch on too. Again, you should go watch uh, Mythological yes. Lightsabers but do, but does, Part but Two. But who does it say is the chosen one? I, they're both. They're both. But see, uh, I think they're both the chosen. Okay. But no, the, 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 the okay. okay. Quick, guys. real quick. Not <laughs> guys. There's more Obi Wan to cover. <laughs> okay. Yes, you're right. And gray Jedi are not have... a thing. Guys, I will put okay? the video description. I will put the video <laughs> in the description. We will do a whole episode on the chosen one because Aren't I we should. That's a great yeah. episode. We should. 
Marvel Star Wars yeah. from the journals of old Ben Kenobi. Star Wars number 7, 15, and 20. Oh, I forgot a- about that. That is such a good series. Have you read those? I haven't had a chance to get to yes. them yet. They're good? They didn't separate them by trade, though. Are which those is the ones that were kind of in between Vader or Star Wars? Yeah. They're number yes. 7, 15, okay. and 20. They're just slotted in um, there. They, they put them in one of the Star Wars trades. And I have it over there somewhere. That's how I read them. So I think um, I've read only seven. Number seven. Yeah, yeah there's two others. And, uh, yeah, boy, they're awesome. If they ever did make an Obi-Wan movie, that's what it should be. But they already told the story, so I don't know So these are still Ben Kenobi on Tatooine kind of yeah, doing things. Yeah, he's kind of, like, overseeing Luke. Like, you know, like how you kind of saw in Rebels, he's like from a distance keeping an eye on him. Like, is you all right? Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he fell. Uh, he fell again. Oh, he's, he's, okay. Oh, he's, he's, okay. he's okay. He's getting back up. Okay, all right. I'll get back on my do-back. Uh, he's he's then, kind of, see, and then him and uh, Uncle Owen are like kind of. They're at odds, of, aren't they? Yeah, they're a little bit at odds because. Uh, and they interact. Yes, they interact. Um, so, because, uh, because. Uh, Obi-Wan is sort of telling him at some point, he's like, you know, at some point I have to kind of tell him about who he actually is, you know, does, and I have to he? like give him the lowdown. And Uncle Owen is like, you will not do that. Uh, you will oh. just let him grow up on this farm and leave him alone. Wait, so uh, does Uncle Owen know everything? I was about he to does, ask Yeah, he does. Too. Okay. He does know everything, but he's, he's under the, uh, he's under the opinion that, he should just never know because his life will be, you know, better for it. Right? I don't think we should have told Uncle Owen. I think that was our first mistake. Well, he, I mean, you know, episode two and three, they're there. And... You can't keep information <laughs> away from Snoke. Snoke knows all. He would have found out, yeah. yeah. So, it's like I was there quick, at the farm. Josh, I want to ask you if you remember the details. I listened to this one really late at night. There is a certain point of view story where Obi-Wan is talking to Qui-Gon, correct? In this time period? Ghost um, Qui-Gon? Yes. I I don't I don't remember much about it, but I remember it is Obi-Wan sitting in his house alone and Qui-Gon comes to him and they have this whole conversation. And I think Obi-Wan's like mad at him. <laughs> yeah, Something I, like that. As I remember, it's a cool story. Um they, you know, they have a conversation about things that, you know, you would have wanted them to talk about. Um, and I think they talk about Luke, um, which is kind of cool. Um, but then the next official sighting we get of him, obviously, is the original trilogy. And, you know, there's not a ton there. He was a mysterious kind of monk for the first film. And, um, but, you know, there's little hints that tie in nicely to the to the stories that came after, which is him talking about how, you know, Darth Vader was a good friend. And, right. um, you know, he it, the, the main good scenes are the conversation, obviously, his first conversation with Luke in that moment where he talks about his father, um, you know, obviously. And then the in Jedi, the conversation he has <laughs> no longer lying to him Um and it is kind of curious. Why do you think that Obi-Wan chose to lie to Luke? I don't know. After and he, even he says it wasn't a lie from a certain point of view. Um, which actually I think in at least 
the things I've read, there is there is a uh, I mean, obviously Darth Vader's Anakin, right? We all know that. We all know that that's in the flesh. That's who he is. But like, there is this kind of idea that uh, Vader is Vader, and right. and even in the in the Darth Vader comics, uh, you know he he has he goes through this whole thing where like. There's a I I, lo- I love this like he has a vision where um he it's it's Mustafar and Obi Wan chops him up and then he gets thrown in the lava and then out of the lava comes Vader, uh mm. and and gets you know revenge and stuff and then even in Rebels when Vader fights Anakin and she says something about how like I know who you are under that mask oh, and so he says good. Anakin Skywalker was weak I destroyed him. And yeah. then she says, "Well, I'll avenge his death." Uh, there's this idea that like he he's he's literally gotten rid of that identity. Anakin is dead for all intents and purposes. Um, but so again, it's like from a certain point of view, Obi Wan's like not lying, but he is in a you know in a weird way. Well, I think Obi Wan too is is trying to figure out how forgotten Anakin is because you you see that dual personality type deal, especially when. Luke in Return of the Jedi where he's like it's too late for me my son you don't know the power of the dark side at that point you kind of see Anakin trying to come back but there's this whole like there's these two people in this body there's the virus and like the host and at this point the virus has overtaken the host body so at this point I mean if Anakin's gone you have this this virus that you need to kill and it might also not be Obi-Wan's place to say hey this guy is your father. Like that could taint his life in the very <laughs> beginning. Yo, let me let like, you know. Just hey, yo, heads up, baddest guy in the galaxy. He's your daddy. Like that would kind yeah. of skew what Luke would try to do. At the same time, it it, it it unfolds nicely to where Vader is able to tell his son, hey, you know, I am your father. You've seen all the bad stuff I've done, but we're you know we're we're related. We're blood. Yeah. It's an encounter that Obi-Wan didn't want to happen, though, because he tried to stop Luke from going to uh, Bespin. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I I think that's an interesting point that Obi-Wan's kind of just a passenger for this family saga. Maybe at this point he's like, meh, I'm going to stay out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. Um, Something something random I found while we wind down to get to our news segment because I feel like Obi-Wan is a crazy character because he's just so much history there and we can't obviously touch on everything but we did talk about his um, his you know relationship with Satine and that being like the only real instance of him in canon uh, where you know he had like a, a he was tempted or whatever Apparently, Legends Obi-Wan got around because there's four oh. relationship Hey-o. things here. Uh, first one is Sarase. I don't uh C-E-R-A-S-I. That's how I'm going to choose to. Sarasi? Well, I have no idea. Real quick, if we're going to Legends, since we, we know that there's not much about Obi-Wan Kenobi in the canon about his, his young age, is there anything in the Legends that talks um, about that? Uh, yes. Um... I think we have notes Excuse on that, me. right? Uh, do we? Okay, so I think what Alex really wants yeah. us to say is that he was known for eating poop yes. as a child. Yes. <laughs> Where did you get that detail, Josh? Because I'm seeing that on the show notes. 
That Which can't one? possibly have been re- written in a... I got that from freaking uh, Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Someone must have edited that. Or Alex added that in. <laughs> yeah, I had a few today. minutes today. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. Well, now I can't trust this. I have to actually go to the... <laughs> no, that was the only thing I added. But, I mean, I think it's <laughs> worth mentioning, you know, how we don't know much, but this is... Especially the, the, the mention about Uncle Owen, or at least Owen. Like, I think that's an interesting change from what we know... In, in in the comic books to what was originally uh, told to us yeah so i i can i can i can read this part um just to give some like sense of obviously this is not canon anymore this is legends and also it's poodoo alex not poop <laughs> uh obi-wan kenobi was born in 57 bby which is before the battle of yavin the first son of a moderately wealthy family and was taken to Coruscant to begin his Jedi training while still in his infancy. As a child, Obi-Wan was known for... <laughs> Damn it, Alex. You did it again. His home world <laughs> was Stu-John, <laughs> from which Kenobi himself believed that he had once visited... <laughs> he had once visited, uh, possessing vague, pleasant memories of playing with his brother, Owen. In reality, Kenobi would later... Uh, conclude that these memories were visions from the force of owen lars hmm. uh which i find really interesting do they talk about how he had that kind of connection with him or how that happened i i don't know i i assume there's probably some book well there's one thing um i was looking through a star wars like uh, it's called playlist they have on starwars.com of of kind of guides if you want to look into certain things and they have one for obi-wan and they do recommend a legends book uh star wars kenobi by john jackson miller um, it came out in 2013, and it's about Obi-Wan's time on Tatooine, but it's like a Western, and apparently it's very good reading. So um, if you want some canon Kenobi um, and spend some time with him, apparently this is a good one. So Interesting. There you go. Interesting. Yeah. I'm trying to find his relationship thing again because we got on the whole poop thing, <laughs> and uh, we got off track, but... Dude, his Wikipedia page is so big. Yes. Like, yes. They go through every <laughs> for Obi Wan. Yeah, they go through every single storyline of of Clone Wars on his. Like Wikipedia. this one time, he sneezed, and you're just like, oh my goodness. <laughs> All right, Sarasi, <laughs> the lady we were talking about, uh, a girl he met on Mal- Malidia. I don't know what that is. I'm guessing it's a planet. Uh, she was a member of a group called the Young and was fighting to stop a civil war. Uh, Obi-Wan became attracted to her and chose to leave the Jedi Order to help her. What? Uh, sadly, she was mortally wounded shortly after he parted ways with Qui-Gon Jinn, and she died in his arms, and then he uh, oh. pretty much just I was like, I guess I'm going back to the Jedi Order. Nothing for me <laughs> here now. Nothing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and see, it's, it's, it's moments like this. Like that—that that seems kind of funky for his character. Yeah. But you get shades of it with the Satine storyline. You get you shades, know? but you I feel do. like the Satine storyline was was more responsibly told. Absolutely. As opposed it fit to more with his character. Yeah. Being yeah. A little more responsible. All right. He also uh, had some relationship with someone named Lena Cobral. Uh, the recently widowed Lena may have been a few years older than Kenobi, but that did not stop him from developing a brief infatuation. Um, for her time on Frego, not the not the pasta sauce. He admired her for her courage and strength, 
and could read her intentions through the force so as to see her honesty. Oh, that's strange. don't do that. That's, don't that's use your force for powers. Yeah. It's a little that's weird. BS. It's like reading texts, you know. <laughs> <laughs> don't force my brain. Like, let's He's not like, do that. Who the hell is? I don't know. Well, it's true because there's probably force users out there who aren't Jedi who are just like, oh, I can read your mind. I'm not gonna tell you about it. Yeah, or they have like a sense, like a you know. Yeah. They go bargain <clears throat> shopping. You will give this for two credits. <laughs> Oh man, I wish. Can you imagine all the savings you'd have? You will give me this Thai food half off. I want a uh, Jedi bounty hunter. That, that's that's good stuff. Hey, uh, bounty sure hunter with uh, horse powers? Yeah, does that not exist? I, I, honestly, I'd be surprised if it didn't. I would too. Yeah. I mean, that's that's got to be in Legends somewhere. Listeners, let us know. Yeah. Uh, he stood Anymore? by her side, looking to comfort and protect her. She persisted in her goal of liberating her home world. What is with this? Uh, they're all like they're all like freedom fighters. Everybody, Obi Wan's got a type apparently. Uh, da 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 Criminal grasp her late husband's family. Whenever he thought that uh, Qui Gon was criticizing her, turning his back on her, uh, he would be ready to defend her. In the end, they helped. They helped her, I guess, some do some with the Senate, and then that was about it. And then there was some <laughs> other, there was some other, uh, another Jedi who was a youngling with him, uh, named Siri. So they grew up together, I guess, in the in the Jedi Temple. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't. So yeah, I'm not there's a and lot. And then of... Satine. So yeah, he got around. <laughs> a lot of canon. Non-canon Obi-Wan romance for you. Right. I will also say there is some good, like, fan fiction out there. There is a lot of people who love Obi-Wan. Oh, um, oh yeah. So there's some good stories that flesh out the Satine um, world. I had read one years ago, and I was having trouble locating it again. But if any of our listeners um, know any good uh, Obi-Wan fanfic to add... <laughs> we should do it. We do need to do our episode. fan fiction episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, that's that's on our list at some. That point. might have to be like an a like a an adult only one because there's some crazy <laughs> things out there. Poe and Finn. Just saying. There's a lot of uh, Anakin Obi Wan shippers too. Oh. Um, any any other no thoughts on Obi Wan? He is a great character. He has... I do hope we get some more kind of canon stuff with him but i do feel like we've kind of fleshed him out at this point i'd be happy to see him as a force ghost again somewhere popping up um but it, i think it would, it would have, have to be a cartoon though and it'd have to be in the right setting like you'd have yeah. to make sure it'd be a character that either knew him or somehow was communing with him that has some knowledge it'd be weird to all of a sudden have him co- come to ben solo just be like i was just gonna hey, say it's me it's ben me. You remember me he's like no you're oh. like no. Uncle and grandpa-in-law or something. I almost killed your great-grandfather. <laughs> I will say we got very lucky with both Alec Guinness and Ewan McGregor, yes. two incredible actors who yeah. decided to be in Star Wars. And I would love an adult Ewan McGregor, old man, Tatooine movie. I want it so bad. <sighs> I would love him to... Yeah. I, it's like, I just want to see Ewan McGregor do it again. I know, like, he's so good at it. He is... And if, I don't know, there's something about all the depictions, the cartoon version and then the prequel trilogy. And it, it's for a character who's in all of them, of which there's not a ton, who use different actors, which I don't think there's any. Um, it, there's a surprising amount of consistency in the character. Yeah. And he's super sexy. 
Even as an old man. Even as an old man. He's got that hair. And that smile. Yeah. Yeah. That wit. He's a good looking man. And also, uh, Ewan McGregor, the, what was it, the Clone Wars Obi-Wan picture, looks just like Jesus. He is very Jesus-y. You, 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 you hair, have that picture, you know? don't you? On your mantle or something. I mean, only you? during Easter. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll good. also say Hugh McGregor is the nephew of the actor who played Wedge Antilles. Really? Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Interesting. Uh, anyway, I think that's probably going to sum up Obi-Wan. We could talk about him forever because there's just so much to him. But... Uh, Shall we get on to the news? Let's do it. There's a lot right. of news. I have good news for you, my lord. All right. For the news this week, we're going to have to go a little quick because uh, there's a lot here and we got a lot to get to. So, uh, first news story. Alden Ehrenreich will return as Han Solo after Solo, surprising no one. Um... <laughs> It, you know what's funny is I never really thought about it, and then when I saw it, I went, "Oh well, yeah, that kind of makes sense." Yep. So, it's, I don't know. But do we this need is, it? Does it matter? I don't. I don't know. What is need? What is need exactly, Becky? What did I didn't need more Star I, Wars? I need Episode Nine. I don't need more Han Solo movies. Well. See. Yeah, but if they make a bounty hunter movie, and he he's in it for like. You know, he's randomly there. That'd be nice. Yeah, you know? it's three movies. It's like a universe contract. He might not be... He might be like a voice or something and something. Like, it yeah. doesn't necessarily mean he's going to star. That's true. That's true. Um, there could be a Chewbacca movie or a Lando movie. All subtitles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, we'll see. I, I mean, that... It's funny, yeah. I, I just was like, oh, that seems like a no-brainer to me after reading it but we'll see uh rogue one cameos and solo possibly uh amidst the toy this comes from jedi temple archives it says amidst the toy reveal commotion there's a bit of movie news um there is this character named what is the name of this character i'm looking tam Tam posla who appears in the background of uh rogue one and he's also appeared in um two of the or not two he's appeared in some of the dr Aphra comics and he's appeared in two of the movies what was the other movie he was in, he was in well, i guess he's in, he's in solo rogue one and solo yeah okay yeah. so that okay they're counting that all right we're just making sure um is this bounty hunter character he's kind of in the background so that's cool i wonder if they're like that's just a fun he looks like Deadshot. Yeah. A little bit. I feel like they had extra costumes. Boba Shot. You already have the mm-hmm. costumes. They're a minor character. Might as well just put them in here, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, it's just a fun... Builds out the lore. In the background. Yeah. yeah. It's fun. Whatever. I actually didn't know about this character until I read, like, saw this story earlier in the week, and I was like, oh, I, I didn't even notice that guy. People are eagle-eyed, man. And then there's a, a second one. There's a, a droid. A droid. Cone, K-O-H-N is also in Rogue One, and he's in the background of a shot, uh, an entertainment exclusive yeah. shot. But that could just be a similar droid, right? Like that's yeah. The faceplate looks pretty samey. Right. Same type of droid. It's you know the same. It's good to see them. It's nice to see consistency between the worlds. Yep. 
Right. Yep. It's nice to see that. Uh, new Star uh, Solo, a Star Wars story, character posters. They look pretty cool. Um, there's like 14 of them. So, although they kind of look like the Denny's cards. <laughs> they do look like <laughs> a little bit. I, the one thing that kind of bugs me about these new movies that, with Disney having taken over is that they they rely really heavily on clip art. Like it's the same few pictures for everything. And I think you're seeing this right. a lot with the posters. You see it with the Denny's stuff. You see it a lot with a lot of the Disney merchandise. It's the same picture. They maybe put a filter on it, but it's the same thing for everything. That being mm-hmm. said, the art style, the color, the costumes, I, I oh, love it. Oh, they're beautiful. Yeah. They're very, very cool. Although I'll admit, mm-hmm. I do like the uh, international posters a little more than I do the American. Traitor. Oh, have you seen them? Aren't the international ones the ones where there's no <laughs> guns? No, there's guns. Take a look. at There's a link. Did you see that whole drama? Yeah. Did you hear yeah. about that whole drama? No, these, these definitely have guns. Yeah, no, these are like gun heavy, and they are very cool. They're beautiful. The ones that I was looking at are not. Oh, the international ones are gun heavy. I was like, the ones I was just looking at don't have them. I yeah. see. Yeah, there are. You got Wookiee in like full shag. like. Yeah. Get a little dust kicking up. Nice. Yeah, they're cool mm-hmm. and 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 lando just looking just amazing oh he's so suave right it's so great that it's kind of his kind of long untied tie situation I, I love how they are just doubling down on the whole lando just likes to look good thing because even yeah. in last shot they talk about how he's he's like loves his capes and his outfits and stuff he's a charmer that's his thing yeah love it uh, all right, this next news story, uh, Star Wars. So I don't know why they put, I guess, uh, SEO. J.J. Abrams taps Victoria Mahoney, Mahoney as Episode Nine second unit director. Um, so not obviously. This is how desperate we are for getting uh, diversity in the news in terms of Star Wars. We're making headlines about a second unit director. But, hey, mm-hmm. I'll something. take it. Yeah, it's something. Um she recently, I guess, worked on A Wrinkle in Time as well. Uh, so that's cool. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it, for those for those that don't know, Becky, what is a second unit director? Um, they're going to be shooting a lot of the stuff that is, like, not kind of the main kind of probably acty scenes. They do a lot of action scenes, a lot of things that there's going to be like inserts. Um, you know, sometimes if there's a really heavy day, they'll take some heavier material, but um, it's going to be, you know, the insert shot in the middle of a chase where a guy's going, huh? Like that kind of stuff. Right. Um, so that the actual director can be, you know, directing the actors and doing the, the more important stuff. But it's still, it's a, it's a big gig. It's not a small thing. Right. Um, but yeah. Again, it's only on of story and variety because we're so desperate for this kind of news. Um, <laughs> yeah. So. I feel you. StarWars.com team wins three 2018 Webby Awards, which I think they've won a couple before. Um, I'm trying to find the exact awards that they won. Are they Okay, they won the People's Voice Award, um, Best Website in Movie and TV and Film, and the uh, actual Webby Award that was voted by a panel of judges. Um, and for those of you that don't know, the Webby Award is like basically website awards, stuff like that. Um, they get they get judged on 
uh, interactivity and design and uh, and things like that. So, and it's not limited to nerd stuff. It's for no. all of the web. So it's yeah, pretty, pretty cool um, they, thing. Things get nominated by people, and then there's also panel of judges. And and StarWars.com has been nominated over the years many times because they have an absolutely gorgeous website uh, that is that is just so well designed and so beautiful that they get a lot of that stuff. Um, I remember back when I was doing freelance game journalism and we were covering Beatles Rock Band. That website won an a, web, a Webby Award <laughs> at one point. Because that website was pretty amazing. Um, let's see. Are we this, really going to cover this next story? Yeah, and we it's should, just because... It's just because it's out there. So many We people. should just say that yeah, this is not what you think. Uh, people are covering this just not... We're covering no, but, it just so you can know that, guess what, it's really not a story. You've probably yeah. heard it, but... Episode 9, Casting Rumor, teases significant EU character. Uh, so... Extended Universe, not European Union. <laughs> so the, there was a casting call put out for Episode 9 that said, quote, a female lead, 40 to 50 years old, to play the role of codename Mara. <laughs> So everyone was like, is this supposed to be Mara Jade? But then quickly thought about, oh, yeah, if it was supposed to be Mara Jade, why would they use her name and not a code name? You know? Duh. So it's not yeah. Mara Jade. It's absolutely not it's Mara Jade. It's just not. That's the news. It's not Mara Jade. Her. And they did that for this exact reason to get Star Wars trending. But I have a theory about what it, like what kind of character it could be Okay. in my head. It could be a Mara Jade type character. Like, they might have just decided Mara Jade in her original form is just not happening, right? Uh, Luke's not going to have a wife. They're not yeah. going to have children. That whole thing's not happening, right? They're not going to move her around like Thrawn because, in a way, she's such a fan favorite character, it'd be a disservice to the character, maybe. Right. Thrawn, you can move him a little bit, and it doesn't really change the fact that he's like a master tactician and all that stuff but like mara jade is defined by so many factors that are that take place over like you know she was the uh, the emperor's assassin and then she turned to the light side and and helped luke run the academy and she got It'd murdered by her nephew and all that to stuff. try yeah. and retrofit into the film canon mm -hmm. exactly so it's too much so my theory is that there is a character that is similar to mara jade who maybe had like you know around this time would have been 40 to 50 years old slightly younger than luke was at the time of the last jedi and that she is a jedi master who maybe has to train ray or something and they're calling it codename mara because they're just kind of like it's the Having spirit fun. of the character but we're yeah. never bringing her back or you know what i mean really want to mess with the fan people and be like you know what oh Let's my god that whole conspiracy theory was so annoying yeah I saw so many people like, why would they do this? Like, why would Disney just like rile up of the Legends fan base? And I'm like, oh my goodness, you guys! Like, they don't do that You're kind fine. of stuff. Yeah. Let it go. Yeah, it's, it's just so that's just so dumb. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Ron Howard reveals post production on Solo has wrapped, so the movie's basically done for the most part. Uh, and as Becky always says, it's never done. Nothing's but, ever locked. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much done, but yeah. uh, there's chances that tiny things could get changed, but 
yeah. some sort of disaster that makes some sort of joke not yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh no! The all every copy of the movie is just gone. <laughs> That's the, uh, it's it's happened before where something so terrible has happened to totally change the plot of a film. Um, like after nine eleven, a lot of films had to go back and and change stuff or just cancel because they involved plane crashes. Oh, Spider! Oh yeah. They changed uh, Lilo and Stitch because of that, and they yep. changed uh, Spider Man. The first one wasn't it? The promotional yeah. posters. Well, the the original teaser trailer for Spider Man had the helicopter like. Oh, but he was um, on the twin towers. Getting caught between he? the two towers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the 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 web was like between the towers yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, uh, Ron Howard wrote on Twitter, "That's a wrap on post production. Wow, what a movie making adventure it's been. <laughs> Thanks to a terrific cast and extraordinary folks behind the camera as well." You've worked so hard to fully realize this cool story. Hope fans have a blast. I am so happy Ron Howard made us a Star Wars movie. I can't wait <laughs> to see it. Yeah, I'm very excited. Uh, uh, there is another news story about tickets coming up very soon, so we'll talk about Oh, they're actually the next news story, so I'll just talk about that now. The rumor is that the tickets are going to go on sale May 4th, which I'm excited because I, I need to get them you know, in my hands. Uh, yeah. I'm actually driving down to my old stomping grounds to go see it i'm uh, super jealous because we don't i mean you guys have west coast premiere which is early so i have it to is wait. well yeah because they it premieres at the same time so your seven o'clock show is our 10 o'clock show they time it so that really? the first showing gets out at midnight but obviously they've matched the coasts i always so. thought that you guys always got a 7 p.m show as well nope we oh. you get seven because we get 10 which means we get out at midnight i'm sorry yeah, because it is going to be a two-hour movie, yeah. so... So we're going to have to do a podcast Although, at, like, three in the morning. <laughs> well, no, because we don't need to do it like we did yes. Jedi, where we were like, the day of, it's coming, like, the thing coming out. We'll do that but for we will... episode nine. Yes. I don't know. I might be hyped after the film. Oh. We'll, we'll play we'll, it by we'll, ear. We'll see. I'm going to, yeah. I'm, I was, like, toying with the idea of doing a small, really quick impressions, like, recording thing with the people I'm going with, but then I kind of decided against that. I'm just going to wait for our review Don't episode. Don't you dare. Which... Don't you dare do that without us, Josh. Well, it, I mean, yeah. But I, <laughs> I'm going to just do our our review episode of it where we just talk really in depth. I'm hoping to see it at least twice before we do that, but we'll see. Um, got to get we'll those tickets. They got to go on sale first. Yeah, they need to go on sale Real first. quick, other uh, rumor is that <clears> on May 4th, we find out where the next Star Wars celebration will be, so... Yeah. May the 4th is going to be, if, if everything is true, a very busy and expensive day. Yeah. <laughs> the rumors are solo tickets go on sale and uh, the that, the Star Wars Celebration announcement, and then also the announcement of whatever is after Episode Nine. Oh, that's a lot of announcements. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm wondering if maybe they'll t- talk about maybe the tv show also but i they probably are still in like post or not post they're still in like pre-production for that probably most yeah. likely because we haven't heard well uh, literally anything about it hopefully we get something at uh san diego comic-con i'm sure there there should be some some sort of announcement at that point right when is comic-con again july 18th is preview night July 18th. Okay. Yeah, so uh, I'll be there for, for every day, so I will try oh, to report you, back as much as I can. You poor man. <laughs> I, uh... Oh, it's if I can, I, I've survived Comic Cons, I've survived Celebrations, I've survived WonderCon, yeah. so we'll. 
Celebration was was nothing. Celebration though, though Florida Comic Con. I don't know. I had a Celebration in Florida was a pain in the butt compared to Comic Con some days. Like day one. Really? Because like every time I've been to Comic Con, it's a nightmare. It is, but you have of to epic plan. proportions. You gotta plan yourself. <laughs> like you can't you can't go to Comic Con being like, let's see what we're gonna do today. Like if you if you know what your 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 hopes are, you're you're good. Especially if you get preview night, hit the floor preview night, you're good to go. That's that's Ugh. how we always try to do it. Yeah. But again, I don't know. I'll I'll try to report as much as I can from from uh, San Diego yeah. Comic Con this year. I'm a, I'm also not a panel person. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I I like if if there's a cool panel, I'll try to go to. But like I'm not one of those like, well I'm gonna go at 3 a.m. and camp out so I can see Avatar footage. Like I'm not doing that, you know. So. Well, that's Avatar. Oh, oh what is Avatar? Uh, that thing uh that thing James Cameron wants to uh. Wants to make happen. Eh. <laughs> I know. Yes, too. I know this is super off topic. He has, he has the whole more thing Smurf about movies he has to make. It's it's you know. What? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, he made a Smurf movie. Uh, a really expensive Smurf went movie. Right over my head. Yeah. Anyways, last news story is actually something that Alex you mentioned uh, at the beginning of the show. Disneyland After Dark announces second Star Wars theme celebration on May 9th. Which uh, they were already doing. They were doing one, but there was so much. Like they sold out so fast that they decided to add a second night. Oh. Right? Yeah. So the the first night is May third. Uh, it's from six p.m. to one a.m. This one sold out in a matter of hours. Like the first, uh, what was it? The first uh, Star Wars or not Star Wars Disneyland at Night event. Uh, from what we were told, undersold. They, they didn't sell as many tickets as they thought, and you know, they just didn't make as much money. This one sold out within hours on uh, the pre-sale for annual pass holders, and it sold out again within hours for the day of uh, general sales. So this will be a packed house on May 3rd, or at least they sold out for that event. Um, but they've opened right. up a second night, May 9th, which is a Wednesday, for uh, people to go and enjoy stuff. And they've added a few additional things on the night of the 9th. You have some book signings, some early releases of solo merchandise. So... Uh, if you couldn't go to the May 3rd, try going to the May 9th. Yeah. Tickets go on sale May 1st. Man, I really wanted to go, but it just doesn't make sense for me financially right now. Oh, and I'm, the tickets were paying the butt to get. Like, I had a friend yeah. give me some during the uh, annual pass pre-sale, and they sold out real fast right after that. And I, I know a lot of yeah. people down here in Southern California that are like, oh, yeah, we'll get tickets the day they come out. They were sold out by, like, 10 in the morning. <laughs> so unless Jeez. you were really awake and you you had the time to go on the computer, you you didn't get tickets. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, uh, that's actually that's it for the news. So you guys ready for creature of the week? Yes. Yeah. Ujaba. They were no longer. I thought they smelled bad on the outside. <laughs> All right, our creature of the week is the the gut cur. Gut cur. Gut cur. This yeah. looks like this looks like a giant tick. It does. A little bit. Um, gut gut cur. We're a species of predatory. I'm never gonna not call them that. Insectoid carniv carnivores. I almost said carnivores. Uh, carnivores native <laughs> to the planet Ryloth during the Clone Wars. The Confederacy of Independent Systems deployed Gutkers to attack Galactic Republic clone troopers during the Battle of Ryloth. 
Gutkers were said to be the second most dangerous predator on Ryloth. Um, this is the cool. creature that I mentioned earlier uh -huh. uh, when we were talking about um, Obi-Wan having that awesome moment in season one of Clone Wars where he, yeah, the um, Separatists have uh, made all these gut curs attack <laughs> and uh, he's, able to, he's able to mind control them and it's a, a really cool moment. But before that, these things are just like tearing them up. Um, we, there's no mention of whether or not they're sentient. So I'm gonna say they're not. I sentient. guess they're not. Ruling from um, Judge Josh says yeah. they're not sentient. <laughs> Where's my gavel? <laughs> uh, I clicked on the Legends tab and there's a quote and it says Gutker, Gutker, Numa upon seeing a pair of Gutkers. <laughs> what a great uh, quote. Uh, yeah, so that's our creature of the week this week. And then to wrap up the show. Uh, we actually got a thing from a fan um, through the website that we wanted to read aloud. <laughs> fan of the show, James. I won't do last names because, yeah. We Hi, don't James. Do last name Thank redacted. You for listening. <laughs> yes, last name redacted. Uh, <clears throat> he writes, uh, hey, long time ago, radio. Oh, by the way, if anyone wants to uh, email into the show, get your stuff right on the air. If you have questions, all that stuff, you can do so at long time ago radio at gmail.com so hang on uh he writes hey long time ago radio apple Podcasts won't let me submit a review <laughs> so let me express how much i enjoy your thoughtful accessible and witty discussions your excellent podcast has become a staple of my routine since i was introduced by my coworker. i especially appreciate how often you use the across the stars theme that's that's all me I do. <laughs> Take the credit. Go for it. It's my favorite uh, piece of music from Star Wars ever. So I usually close out the show with it. Uh, which, if we're being honest, is the only objectively awesome thing to survive Attack of the Clones. <laughs> uh, I think most fans will agree that John Williams' score uh, scores are as iconic and essential to Star Wars as lightsabers and having a bad feeling about things. So I'd be fascinated to hear about your favorite anthems and musical moments from the Star Wars canon. Thanks and Godspeed, Rebels. Oh, thank you so much, Thanks, James, James, for awesome. writing in. I actually got to meet James so, a couple couple weeks ago. Super cool dude. Nice. Um, but I want to do a whole episode on Star Wars music. I think that's um, on our thingy, our uh, our master list. I think there is a music and episode. There is. A Rebel Force Radio has a couple podcasts um that talk there's there's some highlights from them that i would love to play for for the podcast people that really break down certain phrases in the music that get repeated or slowed down um just really digs into the brilliance of john williams work mm -hmm. and uh, i would love to dedicate a decent amount of time talking about that yeah we'll have to do that one day because i am very much into uh the sound design and the music and stuff of star wars as well i was just noticing how um when Maul and Obi-Wan fight for the first time, um, there's a score that has like a haunting chorus and it has uh, very much the tones of um, Duel of the Fates. Um, yeah, and I just, I love how the other composers have taken from um, John Williams and, and, you know, remixed them for, for different moments and, you know, shown shades of Darth Vader's theme and moments of, of Anakin and, and so on, so. yeah. It's very cool. For very sure. Cool. Uh, Alex, what would you say your favorite piece of music or musical moment 
from Star Wars is? I think my favorite song is uh, Han Solo and the Princess. And I think the reason is because we use that for our wedding. And that's the song that my wife oh, walked down the aisle to. Oh, wow. So I think that is probably my favorite. It's, just, it's such a beautiful you know, yeah. piece, of, piece of music. And then the fact that it's, it's Han Solo and the Princess and you have you have it in the original trilogy and then it comes back in these in this new trilogy too just you know notes here or there and it connects it all so well and it's this it's this romantic you know sad tragic love story and I it's it was it was nice to see my wife um you know on our wedding day walking down to that song it was it was, it was pretty cool that's super special yeah. nice well obviously like james said across the stars is my jam um i i think I just really love the main theme as well. And then if I had to say like, if I had to give like just maybe one of my favorite musical moments recently, I think it's hearing Ray's theme for the yep. first time. Yeah. Yep. When she's, you know, going through that <clears throat> ship. I love it. When she's sledding down the hill. I love yeah. it. What's I started, <laughs> started using that a lot in the uh, video essays I was doing for as like a transition moment. And there's just like something about it. It has a lot of uh, mystery plucky energy. I, I like the plucky energy. Yeah, it's it's got a yeah, it's got a very like um, fairy tale innocence yeah, yet innocence. like tale. mysterious sort of quality to it that I really enjoy. It's um, a little. It sounds like it could be a little bit more even from uh, his Harry Potter work. Mm-hmm. There's something yeah, a little lively yeah. about it. Um, also, shout out to Harry Potter music. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. The, I mean, I love the Star Wars score so much, but there's something about the Harry Potter score yeah. that makes me feel like it fits something so he, well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. John Williams really is a musical Midas. He just touches everything and it turns to gold. Yeah. Jaws. <laughs> Jaws. Jaws. Yeah. Did he also do Jaws? Yeah. Of course. Superman, yeah. Indiana Jones. I did do Superman. Star Wars. What about you, Becky? It's like every your... good movie soundtrack he yeah. touched. The Olympics theme. He has an award he from the Olympics. Oh, really? Yep. Whoa. He has an award from the Olympics. <laughs> I would laugh if he did the NFL. <laughs> Monday <laughs> Night Football. <laughs> Have you ever seen that Family Guy episode where they're at the uh, oh, wow. We're adult, off the rails now. adult <laughs> film awards? <laughs> this isn't going to be on the episode, There's no right? way you can tie this into Star Wars. Absolutely no way you can tie well, this Well, it's a John Williams thing. <laughs> Okay. All right. Yeah. Thank you. The adult, and they're like, it's like best music in an adult film, and it's all these people making jazz, and then it's like John Williams, and it's like. Doo-dun, 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 doo-dun. The only thing that was I, really funny. I haven't watched much uh, Family Guy, but I just think of the Randy Newman. That was like a super early oh, episode. Yeah. Oh, they had Randy Newman. Has me eating an apple or whatever. <laughs> That's what I wanted. I just wanted to hear yeah. you do it. Oh, Randy there's Newman. Randy Newman <laughs> singing about what he sees. Okay, we're done. We're done. All, all right. Well, Becky, what is your favorite piece of star wars music you heard oh, ours um, we should i was gonna say too i was gonna say the the raised theme i really like um and i also like the take on it in uh the last jedi um but that duel of the fate scene is like my favorite scene in star wars yeah. um when yeah it's just so epic um i love it so much yes and it's like an old celtic like folk song um or what the lyrics are derived from it's not a straight uh derivation but um i remember reading deep into the origins of that and, and it just giving it more meaning because i think the words mean something for c but we could talk about that more in our eventual music podcast yeah, for sure for sure this has been a fun episode yeah, yeah. 
But anyway, uh, thank you again for listening to Long Time Ago Radio. And once again, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do so at longtimeagoradio at gmail.com. And uh, if you want to get in touch with me personally, you can uh, find me on Twitter. I'm at the Jawa Josh. Where can they find you? I am at Rebecca June Lane on the Twitters. And our official Twitters is at LTA underscore radio. You can find me on Instagram at dapper underscore fet, facebook.com slash long time ago radio. Go take a like. We post stuff. We try to post it every day. Nice. Uh, once again, thanks for listening. Head on over to a Star Wars podcast.com and uh, hopefully you guys are around for May the 4th because there's some really cool stuff coming, not just from Star Wars, but from us as well. So. Hope you guys stick around for that. Yes, teasing. You'll find out when. Uh, And, uh, yeah, thanks, everybody. May the force be with you. Goodbye. May the fourth be with you. Have a good fourth, everyone. Revenge of the fifth. No more episodes. We did it. We peaked. (laughs) Man.